0: Hey guys, it's me, Logan. Want to tell you about our free giveaway. DM or tweet at us at our Twitters in the show notes or send an email to our email at ffsportsky at gmail.com. Winner will win a free $25 gift card brought to you by Katrina Fields at Remax Elite Realty. The gift card will be sent through the mail to whoever wins. Thanks. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Logan, hoping that I sound good because I moved my mic a little bit. But Jared, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good, man. It's, uh, it's just been watching basketball, really. It's about it.
0: It's Friday night. What games have you been watching? Because I didn't really see anything that really caught my attention.
1: Well, uh, like earlier in the week, whenever I brought up the the good old Maxion, I watched Akron and Ohio. Um, Akron blew a pretty big lead. It's in Ohio, came back. That was pretty fun. And, uh, uh, tech, right now, I'm watching Texas State and Troy. So, yeah, good yeah. game so
0: far. As a as a Western Kentucky alumni, I'm pretty excited to see Western join the MAC, and I think I'm probably going to go down there and see whether I can get some student tickets maybe next year. So, yeah, the, I don't funny. know when they actually join. It might be this fall, but uh, it might be a year or two from now. But when they are officially in, I want to go down and join join some late night action. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. I mean, I plan on taking you with me. So
1: let's do it.
0: Campus down there. Anyways, we're recording this Friday night. Kentucky came back and beat LSU after what looked like a demoralizing first 15 minutes of the game. It was it was ugly. It was definitely an ugly game to watch. Our defense was not great. Our offense was even worse, and I was uh, I wasn't happy with it. But also, we just weren't getting shots to fall. And Kellen Grady wasn't getting shots up. And every time we have a game where he doesn't get shots up, it usually doesn't end well. So, um, what did you think after the first half of that game? Because I was very frustrated watching our offense and seeing the lack of ball movement.
1: Um, I was just being really patient. I mean, well, with a team like LSU, whenever they're basically just pressed directly up on you, like just kind of like, well... Anyway, I'll just say this. LSU really likes to just play one-on-one man and just get up in you. So it's kind of hard to move the ball. So it's more of a okay, beat your man off the dribble and kind of space out the floor. And that's why I think it took it a few time, took them a few times to get the ball down to Oscar. But when they did, they were very successful and that's kind of what kicked off uh, uh, the the runs that we were getting. And yeah, I mean, I don't think the ball movement was really that bad. That's what I'm saying is it, against a team like LSU. You can't necessarily just swing the ball, swing the ball, swing the ball, because they're just denying everything. So it makes it very, very difficult.
0: Yeah. And we only got three assists total as a team. Yeah. All three of those going to Kellen Grady. It was a it was not a good shooting night. I mean, we shot 47 percent, but all of that was mostly mostly down low close points for the most part it wasn't a lot of catch and shoot that we were used to especially against the Alabama game that's all we did was catch and shoot especially Kellen Grady, even when he wasn't ready to catch and shoot he was hitting catch and shoot shots and i thought it was i thought it was a very ugly game and I, i'm happy that we squeaked out the win i'm i'm happy after the poor fir- first half let's talk about the second half Bryce Hopkins comes out and literally blows all of our mind and gets what What he did he finish with 13 yeah. uh
1: yeah he had 13 yeah
0: yeah and comes out and gives us 13 that we were not expecting to have i was amazed with that i i was i we as a collective fan base we were losing our mind and jacob toppin lost his mind every time bryce hopkins scored and that's yeah, one thing well, i love about this team is they are always so hyped for whoever is contributing and Bryce Hopkins comes in, and everybody said, this dude can ball, this dude can ball. And he's just been a little slower than others at developing into the college game. And he gets in. We have no offensive flow. And somehow Bryce Hopkins brings it. And that's one thing I really love.
1: That love was there for uh, Bryce Hopkins when when he started playing really, really well. And uh, basically just making the shots. He's, whenever he gets minutes, he's always being aggressive and attacking the basket like he did against LSU. But he normally just kind of misses those floaters or those old, you know, putbacks. So the fact that they were actually going in and it just continued to show that he's obviously working hard after um, the injury setback that he had early in the season. uh, I think it was with his back. But um, yeah, I mean, he played awesome. It it was so fun to watch the guys uh, get super, super excited whenever uh, he was playing well.
0: Yeah, I've, I was excited, and I knew this kid could ball. He he obviously had the accolades coming into the season. We knew he could ball. It just sometimes takes somebody a little bit longer to get up to speed. Not everybody comes in like a tie-tie. Especially, I think it's more, it's more difficult at a 3 or a 4 for them to really get used to the size that a 3 and a 4 is at the college. And then you jump up, and even at the NBA, it's even bigger to really focus on that. So I think what he really needed was a couple baskets to go in he actually started off the season relatively well and once he got into a stiffer competition he wasn't ready for it and he just needed a couple baskets to go in get that confidence and when he got that confidence going this whole fan base wrapped around him super fast uk twitter was going insane whole BBN twitter was just adding bryce hopkins for three hours after this game it it seemed like everybody was talking about bryce hopkins and we still don't understand that oscar had 17 and 16 in this game it it, it's just astounding that we just look at this kid and he comes in and out and does a 15 and 15 almost every game it's insane and i think every game that goes on he just solidifies his player that year candidacy
1: yeah i mean he's playing really really well and there's not a person in the country that you know can out muscle oscar and also out hustle in the same game Oscar is just, he, he's just a beast, but uh um, band Oscar. Yeah. Headband Oscar. Yeah. It was, a <laughs> it, it was, uh, the same Oscar, the same machine. I am not a machine. Yeah. I am Oscar.
0: I literally yeah. texted you at the beginning of that game. Like, hey, lockwise why is Oscar wearing a headband? I yes. don't care. As long as he's still Oscar, how much do you think that LSU regrets those easy two point buckets that they missed at the beginning of the game?
1: Yeah, that made a pretty big difference, especially there towards the end when they started pressing. But, um, you know, I think it was kind of a factor. Maybe they had a little a few jitters and, you know, they got a little bit too excited whenever they actually got to the basket. But, yeah, I mean, I I mean, as a whole on defense, Kentucky Kentucky played pretty well. But um, the issue was kind of allowing them get getting to the rim. But that's been our issue all year especially when we don't have Severe or Ty-Ty to um, one of our best defensive perimeter guys to stop men from going past him. Um, I I mean, we've seen it against LSU. I mean, Xavier Pence was going by anybody he wanted to with wheel.
0: Russell, But he's this year's Russell Westbrook and the fact that he missed most of those shots when he got there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, Xavier Pence went six of 20 from the field and he had 26 points. Yeah most of his free throw i mean most of his points came from the free throw line he shot 12 13 from the free throw line so i mean yeah. you know all in all uh, the only issue was really turnovers and you know making threes but whatever i mean you still put up 71 magic 71 and win by five at home putting up almost 50 points in the second half so yeah
0: against the best defense without your two ball handlers
1: yeah very now,
0: I think what, what what's interesting what you said was the one thing that really hurts this team, the only thing that I think it's not even really a gripe about Oscar, it's just how God made him. He's When you let the guard go straight at him or let guards or anybody go straight at him, he might have a long wingspan, but he's not a shot blocker as in he's not got the same length as Damian Collins. So really depending on him to make a play, and he's just not the shot blocker that we've had in in terms of thinking about Nerland or Anthony Davis. He's a good shot blocker. He's a good defender. Defender, But when you're really in going one-on-one, he'd have to really reach to get a lot of those blocks when you're making him go one-on-one against a guard that's already blew past the uh, the defender.
1: Well, sure. I think that I think that's uh, a testament to really just his size in general. So uh, he's only what six nine. So he's actually much yeah. shorter than the normal shot blockers that yeah. we have. So long. Not as athletic either. I mean, he's clearly athletic, but he's not like you know thirty eight inch vertical or nothing like that. So, no. but he, he's you know he's not the Damian Collins. Basically, you know he doesn't have that length, but um. Yeah, I mean he he just he times it up really well. And he's 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 a very good shot blocker. I wouldn't say he's you know a good shot blocker because he is. I think he averages like
0: almost two blocks a game.
1: Yeah, two blocks a game. And I mean that's that's good for a team in general.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm I'm impressed by his defense. I think that he's a great defender. It's just he's not a known shot blocker. He's a known rebounder. He's not. He's known for his work ethic, not the fact that he's very long built. Like he's not going to reach out and block shots to the same extent that Anthony Davis or Nerlens Noel is, because he's got long arms. He has a great wingspan. Well, sure, but it's just the fact that he's he's not he's not to that caliber of wingspan and that caliber of height and length.
1: Yeah, but those two guys are are both known for their defense. They're two of the best rim protecting defenders that we've ever had at Kentucky. So it's kind of hard to put him in that in that same category, but I mean, I yeah. mean, he still had three blocks against LSU.
0: He's and, a really
1: good shot blocker. So I, I don't know what the, I, I don't know exactly where this is going, but <laughs> he's still, I mean, he, he it, does his thing.
0: I mean, he does his thing, but I'm just saying it, he's. It's hard, even for anybody, even if it was Anthony Davis or Nerlens, for if you're getting blown by, say severe and tata they don't get passed up as much as kellen and davian do by smaller guards so it just it's just harder to make up that difference sometimes that i mean it's not going to be easy for anybody for them to really go to really defend that uh, an open shot blocker and that it it does put him in a bad spot especially lsu and alabama without those two players
1: sure but i mean I mean, hey, Kentucky still got the win, seventy-one yeah. sixty-six, and you know, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend because I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I think if, yeah, you know, it, it, if we continue doing what we're doing against Alabama and Arkansas, I mean uh, LSU that we do to Arkansas, that'll be um, one of the more impressive wins that we've seen on the road too. So. Yeah, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, getting into that game, that's a game that I really, I'm scared of it, but also it does, it's one of those games that really shows where we're going for the next two to three weeks because if we win that game, we pretty much get a two or a one in the SEC tournament. If we lose it, we likely fall to a three and stay at a three. So... We, I would rather, much rather get the one or two, rather than face, what are you looking at me like that for?
1: I don't think we're falling down to a three if we lose at Arkansas. I think you're overblowing that a little bit. I don't even know, I don't even think we'd even move, really, to lose on the road without two of our guards against a top 18 team in the country.
0: I don't know, we'd have, we would lose the tiebreaker, especially if Tennessee, wins we don't have a tiebreaker against them or arkansas so it it really it, it, we could be a three we don't have the we don't have the tiebreaker against yeah, arkansas. Wait, wait,
1: wait, are you talking about a three seed in the sec tournament yes that's what oh, i said was sec okay. Tournament. yeah okay i thought uh, you were talking about the nca i was like wait a minute that's no. not going up very well okay
0: no okay, no i'm we're, talking we're i'm talking,
1: talking that makes sense that makes sense yeah i'm
0: talking sec tournament so if we lose this, we'd likely fall to a three in the SEC tournament. And if Tennessee beats Auburn, we likely fall to a three in the SEC tournament. So this one has a real impact on the the SEC tournament, how we play that out, and then ultimately how we play out the NCAA tournament. I don't think I don't think we'll fall any farther than a two in the NCAA tournament, but we've seen stranger things happen. So I mean. This one, I think, is a very important game. And it's going to be a rowdy environment. They're going to be ready. They're already talking about storming the court. They already told fans, don't storm the court, because we'll storm we'll storm you. I don't understand that. Some Soviet Russia logic that they're like, we'll just come to you. We'll put our players in the stands. The storm chasers from Barstool Sports are going out there. It's going to be a rowdy environment. And I, I don't know whether we have Severe or Tai ty If we don't have those two, it's going to be really, really tough.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I I think either way, it's going to be tough because Arkansas is one of the toughest places to play in all of college basketball. So, especially whenever you're going to play a team that's going to play fast and and physical as possible, and you know, try and put up a whole lot of points. Um, Arkansas has given us uh, some fits over the last few years, so um, I still feel confident. But if we had both or if, even if we just had severe, which I think I have a weird feeling that Sevier is actually gonna be back um, because yeah, I think he will small. be back. I think he just had a small like wrist injury. So I think he'll be back this week and I, I think that's definitely gonna do uh, Kentucky Justice especially for taking care of the ball with a true point guard um, in uh, sticky situations. I mean severe, when he does turn the ball over, he goes too fast, but I think if he can control his speed and just kind of manage the game, then I think we'll be in a really, really good position to win this ball game.
0: Yeah. I mean, we know it's the last few games for them at Bud Walton arena. It's going to be a rowdy environment. They're going to be ready. This is a good team though. This is probably the last good team that we face. I don't really worry about next week i will Miss in Florida. Yeah. So this is, The true last road test and it's crazy that for most of our road test, we have not had our full roster now going in the tournament it's going to go a lot like the Zion thing, either they're going to say, Oh, they didn't have those players. So that's not really cat. Let's not really count those games because they didn't have their players, but we haven't really got to play our last few true road games with a full roster Mm -hmm. where it was Auburn, whether it was Tennessee or Arkansas. So, I don't know how they're gonna engage those games. It's gonna be a tough it's gonna to be tough. I mean, you were talking before the game about JT JD Note, and I'm worried about Jalen Williams, two guys that are much much more improved than what they were last year. JD Note came in from Jacksonville. Jalen Williams averaged three points a game last season and is one of the best big men in the SEC. So it's gonna to be tough. Now I don't think he's no Oscar Sheboy, but he definitely has the ability to hinder oscar much better than most sec centers so it's, it's gonna be a fun one to watch but i mean what do you i know you are a big fan of jd note and the way he played against auburn what do you think of jd note
1: well he's a baller i mean he's uh he's definitely arkansas's best player he can put up points when he wants and i mean he's just he's a scorer man he's he's such a good baller I mean, uh, it's gonna be tough like if I think if we could just defend him, everyone else can just take care of whoever they want, whoever they can guard, right? So I think if we take care of Jaden Notte, which is going to be a tough task, it's not like it's easy. He's definitely an NBA player, but, you know, if we do take care of him, we'll, we'll be all right.
0: Yeah. I mean, he definitely took the game over against Auburn. Definitely has the ability to take games over and score 25-30. I'm I, well, easy if we, I mean, he
1: averaged 19, so
0: yeah. So let's see. Right now, I don't really see him on NBA draft boards, which is really kind of strange that he's not up to he's in a second round to undrafted. That's insane that they still don't have him. I, I, this is part of the part of the NBA draft boards where like they're looking at young talent, not proven talent. True, yeah. It, it's weird. It's weird. I mean, the guy averages 19 in a very good SEC conference, and they're. He's he's like Oscar, a guy who's putting it up every night but not getting the the recognition
1: for it. So and two still games. So that that's even more surprising yeah. that he's. I mean, he, he's going to be in the NBA. I, I don't I don't know if yeah. he's going to get drafted or not. But if he puts on a show, especially against Kentucky, and especially in the NCAA tournament, because Arkansas is going to make the tournament, they're going to be a pretty good, it's probably four or five seed. Pretty solid. Uh, If he shows out, well, uh, I think he'll be in a good position to improve his draft stock.
0: Yeah. And I do they really have anybody besides JT Note that really, I mean, do you think if you shut him down, it stops a lot of the team? I mean, I see uh, Stanley, is it Muddy? I can't think of his name, or Tony or Davis. I just, they don't really, they don't really contribute. Near as much as he does, so it seems like a one man show with Jalen Williams being the center and a lot of other guards that kind of slowly contribute. Do you think that they could have another guard that really comes in and helps them? I just don't think that they have that. I think if you really, like you said, if you really stop J D. Note, I think that, I think that it really slows down this offense.
1: No, a hundred percent. I mean, there's a reason why he averages 34 minutes a game. Like the only time that he comes out is when he gets in foul trouble. And he does get in foul trouble quite a bit. I think he's fouled out of, like, uh, something like eight or nine games this year already. So, I mean, he does have his issues. So, he, because he's very aggressive, trying to get steals. Um, but, you know, I, I think if – I think the problem is going to be J.D. Note And Tony, not going to have to really worry about. He likes to get to the rim. Um, yeah. Jalen Williams, very good player. Uh, super athletic. Um, Umude is a very good player. He's a good three-point shooter. Um uh, I mean Trey Wade, decent player, good good bench guy. Uh Connor Vanover, their 712 guy, like he's massive. He's just, you know, that's the issue. If I think this is a game for Connor Vanover because of the mismatch that they have, because he's so tall and you know, he just can't move. That's that's why he doesn't play a whole lot. But anywho, I do think yeah. uh, Arkansas is basically thrived off JD Note.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm looking at a lot of their games and a lot of it is led by JD Note. They're he if they don't score a lot, it's actually Umade that really steps up in a lot of their games that they win and scores. Yep. So it'd really be up to him if you really shut down Note to really come on him and really make shots. Now, I don't think Tata plays. I'm more inclined like you to believe that Wheeler plays rather than than uh Washington. So I don't I don't think Washington's going to play. So really it comes down to whoever's playing that two to really play good defense on Tony and Note or whoever's guarding one of the two if who just don't let the second guy go off. All right. Now, now Tay he's obviously one you want to make Ume Umay- Uma shoot shots, but I, I just, I don't, I'm not as worried. Even if we lose this game, I'm not worried about it. I, I don't think it's in the grand scheme of things very big. What I want to see is next week we get everybody back and we kind of hit our strike going to the NCAA tournament. I know it's going to be crazy because it's another packed road game where they're going to go nuts. They're going to be crazy. So I, I don't know. I'm just not as worried about it. I want to win but at the same time. I don't think it's as pivotal to win. In the long run, things.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'll go ahead and drop my my score prediction. I'm gonna say um, Kentucky. I'm gonna say Kentucky wins off of their defense, low-scoring game. Seventy-three to sixty-nine.
0: Ooh, okay. I mean, that puts, that's definitely, I mean, Arkansas is a a two-and-a-half point favorite right now, so you're going with Kentucky to cover.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, it's really odd that um, Arkansas is a a two-and-a-half point favorite because a lot of fans are actually predicting Kentucky to win. They're a 51% favorite, so yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really make sense, but.
0: You're also taking the under. The over is 147, so you're taking it right at hundred and forty two. So I I, I could see that. I definitely don't think it's going over hundred forty seven. I think it's definitely staying under that. Yeah, and I
1: think it'll stay under. I three. don't know. I think that'll actually be forced um, on Kentucky's end to keep the ball. Um, well, to, to keep the score lower. Cause I mean, not that we would have to worry about the score getting high because we can put up points. It's more of the issue that if Arkansas gets hot, one of the hottest, if not the hottest team, in the SEC right now is Arkansas and if they get hot now uh you know just from the field you know making a bunch of shots um Kentucky may have to start you know winding it back a little bit and trying to you know focus up and put up more points and that could be difficult without Tata which I mean we've seen actually out of two games one game we put up 90 and then the other game we put up 71 so I think we'll yeah. be right in between at like 73
0: Yeah. Now, do you think that Arkansas is as good as their record or do you think that they're worse? Because they've played a lot of teams at home. They're good teams and then played their bad teams on the road. For example, they've played West Virginia at home, which I don't think is a great team, but it's definitely a worthy opponent. They've played Auburn at home, Tennessee at home. And I, I just don't, I don't know because there was a period of, Uh, the season where they lost five out of six games, one of those being to Hofstra, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Texas A&M. Now, I think they're a better team than they were then, but, I mean, they've also played a lot of the worst teams in the SEC besides Auburn, and they beat Auburn. But me and you don't think Auburn's as good as they, they say. And Tennessee played horrible last week when they beat them. They only scored 48 points, so I don't know. I don't know whether they're as good as advertised, and I guess we'll figure that out tomorrow. I mean, they could beat us, and I'll I'll definitely be fine with that. So I think they're probably a dark horse team going into the tournament. I just want to know more about them after tomorrow.
1: I think they are a perfect five seed in the NCAA tournament. They're one of those teams that if you put them up against a solid mid-major, they very well could lose easily. Because they struggled against Florida on 2 The infamous
0: line. 5 versus 12 seed matchup.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's basically a 5 versus 12. And they struggled. I mean, it was on the road, and it's against a bad Florida team. And, yeah, the score does show that they won by 8. But a lot of those came from the free throw line late in the game. And Florida was winning most of the game. So, they they have had their issues. But, then again, you see stuff like, you know, losing Alabama by 1 and, beating Auburn and uh, and winning at LSU by 7. So and and it's a lot of high scoring games too and also a lot of low scoring games like Tennessee when they beat them by 10. But
0: that was an like, ugly game.
1: I think they are a perfect 5 seed team. And I don't know you can take that how you will whether you say okay they're a good team but they're vulnerable. That's how I take it.
0: Yeah. I think that they could definitely be that team that you see in the tournament and think when you're filling out your bracket, you know that you're looking at those five seeds and you're like, that team could make the sweet 16 or they could play Ohio and get bounced first round. Yeah. Uh, That that'd be, that'd be the team I think of first is one of those two teams. You take Ohio or a mid major. I don't pick any mid major heck. They could play a 12 seed North Carolina team and I would be, kind of on the fringe about who I pick definitely going into it I mean you see some twelve five versus twelve matchups and you're like, oh that's an easy one. I see an Arkansas matchup and I'm like, uh I don't know how I feel about it i don't I don't think I, I'm not as confident as at, on Arkansas as many other teams yeah, now I do I have i do you do what I agree yeah now uh, we do have to uh we do have to on horn. Me and Jared got two things totally right this week. No insider knowledge. First, let's talk about LSU. Their press defense against our ball handlers. We said that is going to be a major problem. Nearly lost us a 15-point lead in two minutes. Yep. We'd had no ball handlers. I love Kellen Grady. He's nearly my age at 25 years old. He He's, I don't, he's close. He has to be close. But when they pressed... We didn't know what to do. We couldn't figure it out. It looked like all of our upperclassmen had never seen a press before. They lost it. And I mean, what do you, I don't, I don't know what happened, but it nearly scared me and put me into a panic attack looking at us going against a press. But we called it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, I don't think it was very difficult to call. I mean, it was very, it was obvious that it was going to happen because it's happened. All year, every single time that we've been pressed without either a, or without just a good ball handler in general, so Tata tie tie or severe because that is the issue right now. Um, anytime we've had either one of them out, the teams immediately press. And they're good pressing teams. They're good defensive teams already. So Auburn, um, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida even. Like all of these teams, even Texas A&M, every single time that all those teams have pressed, they've gotten us rattled. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but I don't know why they can't just figure something out to get guys open, set some screens, and break them open into space and kind of run it as like a zone offense. So they need to figure it out uh, come the NCAA tournament because they could face a team that wants to press 24-7.
0: Mid-majors love to press all the time.
1: Yeah, well, some, a, um, some do. Like Murray yeah. State, they like to.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that do a lot of fundamentals different than a lot of big schools. Mm-hmm. Murray State, Murray State, for example, they want to press all the time. A lot of mid major or a lot of big schools don't because they face bigger talent. Yep. But Murray State presses all the time and literally wears out their their, their opponents much better Then, by doing that, LSU honestly wore us out at the end of the game. It was was excruciating to watch. But the second thing me and Jared called was in the last episode when we said, if we're going to get a coach, likely we'll go back to the Shanahan-McVay tree that has provided so much wealth around the whole nation and NFL and college. Cohen leaves us, I said... Let's go back, whoever, to the, to the plane that goes to California, fly somebody back from the Rams, or whoever comes off that Shanahan tree. I said, don't overreach, though. And then we got a new offensive coordinator. What's his name? Rich Scandrello, is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. A guy who's worked many years in college football and uh, pro football, a few different stints for the 49ers. Started at UC Davis in 1999. He worked for the 49ers, Broncos, Eagles. 49ers again. He's worked for the Falcons too. He's got a lot of different backgrounds, but he seems like a good coach. And they said that Will Levis was part of the uh, coaching decision. They said he chose to come to, or Levis literally said, "That's the guy." Everybody said, "Wow, he's the guy." There was multiple options. Like I said. Uh, the other day that Kentucky really had no idea who to go after. It's not like they were caught off guard, but they really had no idea what they wanted. And they got, they interviewed this guy and said, he's it. He's it. He's the guy. Everybody just walked out of the interview, said he is the man. Now I think that he, uh, he definitely does the schemes that we've been doing. If you watch the 49ers for the past few years, a lot of run heavy pass efficiently kind of offense that Stoops loves. So now I, I, I think it was a great hire. I'm happy with it. Uh, and I don't really know anything about him, but he seems like an awesome hire. And I'm looking forward to what he brings to this offense. Cause I think it just improves what we're good at. It may not be as robust and fancy as Cohen, but I think it improves what we do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, uh, I mean, no matter what, no matter who Stoops was going to hire, um, from what I know, uh, Liam Coleman was helping with the process, and he was adamant. He said, "Listen, I I absolutely am going to help. I will be in the the interview room, interviewing this guy with you. We're in this together, and that makes that makes me so happy because I yeah. know that this guy's going to be good. They're the, they're not going to have to change much. They're automatically wanting to do." you know the the zone scheme which yes, is exactly what we ran last year exactly what both the Rams and the 49ers run and they they're not going to have to change a whole lot so and you know if if we could do what um Mitchell and Debo did all year this year with success with George Kittle I tell you what I'm 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 through it now I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know exactly how good or how bad Rich Scandarello is going to be. I have no clue. And I said this last year when we signed Liam Cohen. I don't know how, if he's going to be good or if he's going to be bad. But I can say this. I'm confident and I'm thrilled and I'm very happy with this decision because I trust Stoops. And I trust Liam Cohen because he's proven yeah. that he is very good at what he's doing.
0: Yeah. And I think from a scheme fit, it's perfect. It's exactly what Stoops wanted. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it was very. Stoops understands what he's good at. He's a defensive minded coach. I think it's great that he looked to his players. He looked at coaches, other coaches, and he looked at even past coaches with Cohen and said, "What do you think?" Mm-hmm. And Cohen, I, I I praise Cohen for saying, "Hey." I got a busy thing. I'm taking over an offense that literally just won the Super Bowl and I will help you. He he thought that Scandrella was great and he done this for Will Levis. I think that I think if we take anything from Stoops once he's gone, he was a players coach.
1: Yeah.
0: He loved his players. He loved his personnel. He loved his other coaches. And I think that's one thing that I admire about him is because even what he did is he took levels of talent. He's getting obviously better talent now, but he's took people and talent and elevated them just through the fact he's made them even better than when they got here Mm -hmm. and he's used them and they love him for it. And I think that's one thing that I really love is that he really brings everybody together and works together as a team. Instead of saying, I'm the coach, I'm the man, leave me alone. And he really pulled everybody together. And I think this is a great hire. I don't know how it's going to work out. Scandrello has had a lot of different jobs and I don't think that's really his fault. I think it's more of he was for the Falcons. He was for the Broncos. He was for a lot of smaller schools and he's bounced around due to people being fired above him and being moved around. I think it would be, I think it will be interesting, but he's not really had a lot of offensive coordinator at the college level. And I think he really gets to experiment. And I think that's great. I think, I think, I think we'll look at it and, Enjoy it. I think it's I think it's gonna be a great hire, especially a good fit. And he'll bring a little bit of the Shanahan, McVeigh wildness that we're used to. Yep. So I mean it's hard overall, not to watch
1: with especially with uh what we watched from Liam Cohen last year. So it's very difficult to be excited and hey, let's be let's get get excited because you know, Kentucky football's just right around the corner.
0: Yeah, I mean that's still, all we yeah, have to look for. We, t-
1: we got March Madness to happen, so
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I'm more excited about March Madness, which will be what two weekends from now. Selection Sunday will be two Sundays from this Sunday.
1: Yes. And oh uh,
0: boy.
1: And conference tournament start on the twenty eighth of this month. February 28th. My next prediction.
0: my next prediction is I will be looking I will be sitting in a hospital waiting for my daughter to be born. <laughs> Watching while watching NCAA. Selection Sunday, that's oh. going to be, I don't, I, that'll be like my favorite event ever is wa- is meeting my daughter at the same time I'm watching the NCAA Selection Sunday. It's like a holiday for me. Love it.
1: Oh, I look every single year. This is exactly what I look forward to.
0: Jared, I have specials planned. I have special episodes for me and you to talk about. And I might even bring in some special guests that we haven't even put on the spot a podcast yet just to have fun with it and really get a, I want to get opinions. I love hearing everybody's hot takes on NCAA brackets. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. So yeah, let's, let's get this. So Kentucky, I'm, I didn't even get my prediction. I'm going to say Arkansas wins. I'm going to say I hate it, but I think Arkansas wins by two. But that's okay. I don't think they cover.
1: That's okay. If we lose, it's still okay. I mean, losing sucks. Yeah. But you know, it's not gonna. It's not like it's gonna hurt us at all.
0: Yeah. So, I say Arkansas wins by two. Not even worried about it. Even if it happens, I think I want to go into next week, get healthy, and go into that SEC tournament. So. So, anyways, you got anything else to add? Anything you want to talk about?
1: Um. Well, we could talk about our, our games that we decided to talk about this week because uh, they were some doozies. <laughs> Every one of them, yeah. you know, Wyoming the one of both Mountain West games that I watched. Uh, yeah, Wyoming, Colorado State. That place was packed. They were going crazy. Colorado State home fans at you know the student section. They camped out in minus five degree weather. Pass no way. House Colorado State gets a win. Crazy game. Um. You know Gonzaga struggled against a small San Francisco team for a while yeah. until they finally stretched it out. And
0: until Chet homergan realized he's eight foot tall.
1: Yeah. Well. They, yeah. They yeah. figured that out.
0: Yeah. And then my game, Murray State versus Belmont, not even close.
1: Yeah. I I haven't even watched it yet, but I have it on record because I'm I'm going to go back and rewatch it. But
0: it's. I mean, Belmont got beat by 33.
1: It's how it ended. Oh, so, no. I know. I I, 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 be, I actually watched so, a little bit of it, but I didn't watch a lot of it because I won't I watch it later.
0: Yeah, Murray State ends up winning the OVC. Was that OVC? Yeah. yeah. OVC regular season title. So they have it for uh, – they got it this year. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to win the SEC championship – or the SEC, yeah, the OVC championship. Bro, they just join the SEC and win. That'd be great. That'd be so crazy. I, so I think they win. I think they ultimately win the game and or win the game, win the OVC championship, and that's their bid. Now I don't know if the OVC, especially after that bad loss, gets anybody else in. So pretty sure that Bell. I thought Belmont might get in. I don't think they do now.
1: Well, they're not going to be an at-large. Murray State will be an at-large no matter what.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they would it, really have to get upset in the tournament in yeah. their in their conference tournament.
1: Yeah, they would have to lose in, in the conference tournament. Even, I mean, you don't want to lose the you know their first matchup. But if they got to the championship, they're automatic, um, and then they're going to be a two uh, two bit conference, and that makes everything fun because the bubble gets smaller.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that makes the three uh, t- or the four teams that are on the bubble that moves it down to three. That gets that gets to where they're gonna have to decide which three. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. But Gonzaga really didn't struggle that hard with well, they didn't struggle in the second half. First half they did struggle against San Francisco. Yeah. Then they kind of just became Gonzaga and kind of pulled away. As soon as it the was,
1: second half started, about two minutes in, it was it was at ease at that point. I think yeah. their adjustments helped them big time. Whatever San Francisco um, did not change in the in the second half. And Gonzaga just ran away and just outdulled him. Yeah.
0: Now were you watching that Texas State game right now? Is that the one you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah, who's oh, that's a close one. Oh, yeah. that's, that's really close. So are that is that, I have no idea I don't ever watch Texas State and Troy. Is that really going for the winner or the winner of the conference?
1: Uh not really. Texas State oh. um has actually already won. Their, oh, okay. their regular season conference. So oh,
0: this is the last game, yeah, yeah. So uh, you were pretty pretty spot on with good games of the week. Is there any other game off you know off the cuff that you've really really enjoyed this week?
1: Um, well, the it's hard to not say the three overtime game, or I mean, there 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 was a bunch of them. I mean, it's kind of hard to just sit here and pick one. Uh, it's not like we yeah. have all night to sit here and talk about them, but. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's March. Well, it's not it's February, but it's almost March, so there's gonna be madness um, really starting to ensue because everyone is at cutthroat. You know, you gotta yeah. win and everyone is going all out, no matter what it takes. So it makes it very yeah. entertaining.
0: Yeah. Every game matters now at this point, especially against teams that know that they're fighting for a tournament position. Every game matters. And that's, that's one thing that I'm interested to in, see how the next week and a half plays for the top four in the SEC is how it gets to be. I, I think Auburn is ahead, but that two through four is interchangeable right now due to the fact that there's a lot of tiebreakers. Like, Kentucky actually doesn't hold because of injuries, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think that's important about why Kentucky wins tomorrow. So...
1: Yeah, well, but uh, I think Arkansas and Tennessee both play each other, so uh, it it could get a little weird with uh, you know the seeding for the SEC tournament. But I think no matter what, we would rather be the two seed. But um, I th- isn't a one seed still in reach?
0: Um, let's see. I haven't really yeah. Looked. If Auburn loses, I mean Arkansas before I – before I move on, Arkansas plays us, LSU, and at Tennessee. Yeah. So they have a tough schedule, and then Auburn's last three games are at Tennessee tomorrow, at Mississippi State, at or in home versus South Carolina. So they're yeah. not. I don't think they're going to lose that South Carolina game, but the at Mississippi State game could potentially be an upset because Mississippi State is going to play good or play very bad. Yeah, that's just who they are. So, so I think it plays a lot into. There's, Especially Tennessee and Auburn and Arkansas have a lot harder next week, so we'll see how it plays out. But that's it. I think that's all I got. I don't have anything else right now to talk about. I'm excited to talk NFL offseason headlines and March Madness coming up. That I'm so excited to see how this next week and a half plays out. So I'm Logan. I'm Jared. Jared. Yeah, bro. Mm. He looks good. He looks very good. He's also tired. I know he's tired. And no. he's waited a long time.
1: <laughs> I'm not tired at all. Damn.
0: No. <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyways, I'm Logan. That's Jared. We will see you all next time. Peace.